0: Hey, making you want a uh, Peloton for the holidays? Yeah, love fitness. Why
1: don't you try fitness? <laughs>
0: Unlucky episode 13.
2: I disagree. Of
0: green light. Light. Uh you're supposed to say thank you. Thank you. Is that a
2: a bit now? That's a bit now. Okay. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here, and I can't wait to uh fuck this whole thing up somehow
0: because it is episode thirteen and sports.
2: Is it Murphy's Law? And pop culture.
0: Is it Murphy's Law?
2: Nah, man. Um, I do push ups and sets of thirteen. Okay. Um I do other things.
0: In sets of 13. In sets of 13. When I was in high school, my number was 13 as in as many sports as I could make it. So I do. Were you Greege Slanger 13 Yeah, that was my uh, AOL screen name slash AIM. Yeah. Greege slanger 13
2: Yeah. Yeah. Making 226 right here. Were you making 226? Two, two, yeah, that was an auto, auto fill on the AIM. Did you ever ASL anybody? Nah, dude.
0: We were 10. We were wholesome. Nah, well, I was... I, I dabbled in the ASL, and then you know, of course, people would send you like people would send you pictures from. I don't even know where you got pictures like that back then.
2: You grew up faster than I did. Yeah, I did. Um,
0: had a lot of unsupervised internet time, and uh, yeah, I mean, I remember the AOL days well. Uh, and uh, are people still using AOL? Because it's still yeah. a large company. Yes.
2: Yeah. I email. Probably uh, a couple people a week with an at AOL.com. With AOL. Yeah. I used to be superstitious. I know you're a little stitious, uh, but no longer after the Hoos take down uh, a Natty and Hoops. Why? What changed? Um, I, I stopped doing certain things during that run. Yeah. Uh, what changed? Nothing that I do matters.
0: It's just imagine that you really think that what you're doing matters. Yeah. Right.
2: But then I kind of, um, in a way, started doing things in sets of 13 and yeah. such to be unlucky and I guess in a way became uh, so you're just like, as you're, super. You're super. fading
0: yourself. Yeah, so we went down to Charlotte, both of us. Yeah. I was expecting to win. You're always expecting to win. But that is a good ball club in the Clemson Tigers. It's
2: a semi-pro ball club. Nobody
0: thought that they would be this good, right, Dabo?
2: Yeah, they've only won 28 in a row. Hey! Beat everybody by thirty plus.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I had a um first off I go down there with uh five of my college teammates. Uh, shout out to Tom Sandy, Andrew Dewey, a.k.a. Dewdrop, uh John Phillips of NFL uh fame, Tom Sandy of NFL fame as well. Tight end you. Uh and and Nate Collins, of course, who who played in the league and and also m- most notably is a a bullpen guy for our very own Macon Gunter as a co-host of this program. Uh, By the way, Nate owes me, we're calling him Dr. Facts now. Mm. Um, That's not Dewey? No, Dr. Facts is now Nate, because he has been so loose with the facts on this podcast. (laughs) Looser than me, uh, claims that, one, claim that the Cowboys, we should do a Nate's takes segment, claims the Cowboys should, um, should, should hire Marvin Lewis. Right, I heard that. Uh, He thought that the Lions would upset the Vikings this Mm -hmm. weekend. He posited that um, Josh Freeman was the Chicago Bears quarterback when it was actually um, Jason Campbell
1: Mm.
0: uh, one year. So it was a rough pod for Nate from a factual standpoint. Nate also had a rough weekend, (laughs) and we'll get to that uh, when I show you. Let's just... Let's just do a flip book of my photos from the weekend in, in, down in Charlotte. Okay. Uh, I, I, I had all-access passes. Not, not a flex. But that's me and Barrett-Jones. Barrett-Jones, friend of the program. Yes, indeed. Right there on the sidelines. Great to see Barrett- Barrett-Jones. That's B-Doc. that's B-Doc. Brian Dawkins, my old lunch, lunch buddy in, in, smile in Philly. By you. Well, you know, I was, uh, I was in a rush because kickoff was coming. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Brian Dawkins and I used to eat lunch together all the time uh, in Philly when he was kind of like loosely a player coach or a coach type thing. He felt like a player coach because he felt like he could still go out there and play. Um, he looks like he would still go out there and play. My man has a 26-inch neck. I just want to put that out there. One of the largest necks I've ever seen. Um, no wonder he could just blast people with the crown of his helmet for 15 years for the better part of uh, two decades. Uh yeah, my man was a great mentor and stepped away from the Eagles, but we've got Don Mikowski here, who is blurred in my picture. The magic man. That's the magic man. Uh, former Virginia quarterback, of course. And then... Uh, Handsome smile by you, Chris. You should smile more. And there's our good friend Marcus Hagans. Biscuit. A wide receiver coach for the Virginia Cavaliers, who's done a terrific job. And the way Virginia got out there and started scoring early, I thought we might have something, kind might have a ball game on our hands.
2: If the Hoos had scored on that first possession, maybe it's close at the break. Unfortunately, it got out of control. But yeah, Virginia puts up 380-plus on Clemson. No other team had put up 300 on them. Yep. Um, there there ch- were some positives. Yeah. Yeah, no, the offense looked really good. Defense, it's tough to, to cover a bunch of pros out there, future pros. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean, their skills were too much. And that, that's the thing.
0: Going into the college football playoff, I worry – I worry about their defense a little bit. Not saying that we're—I mean, we've been prolific offensively this year, especially with possessing the football. I know that was part of the game plan, but we gained a lot of yards on them too. And they're going to see better offenses in the playoff. But uh, I was on the sideline walking by these cats, and I'm like sizing up the lineman. I'm like, yeah, I could still go. Like if I had to right now without stretching, could I still go? And I, mean, I could still go. You could still
2: go in a college game. Yeah, and then yeah.
0: and then the Simmons guy walks by me. Yeah. Number 11, 11. and I'm like, holy shit, this cat is as big as me. I thought, you know, number 11, it, 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 I didn't watch Clemson a bunch this year. I just didn't. I know they're going to win all the games. Uh, Simmons' defensive player of the year, I had heard about him, I'd watched highlights of him, he walks by, and, and initially I'm like, this can't be, this can't be the kid, this defensive player of the year kid, he's, he's like a rover, he's like a, He's like, what, a nickel, basically. Mm-hmm. He's about my height, he's gotta be about, I, I don't know what they list him at, but he looks like he's about 230. Um, and I'm thinking to myself, he's way too athletic to be a, a D lineman with one of those single digit or skill guy numbers. And he looks way too big to be a D back. 6'4", 230. Jesus, this kid is huge. And they got a lot of really good skill guys. And most of the Clemson fans were pretty nice. I'd heard really bad things about them. I don't, know, I don't know about your experiences, but
2: I'm in the press box. I don't, I don't have that experience. I was in the
0: stands with the fans and, uh, I got told to move out of a seat because a guy in a Clemson blazer blazer. Yeah. A Clemson blazer. Yeah. Told me that the seats were taken as soon as we scored our first touchdown. And there was a, a fan cam coming around and you know, moments earlier had got us in the background and he goes, well, for what it's worth, you got to be on TV. So could you move now?
2: Were you in the wrong seat?
0: I was in the wrong seat, but nobody was there, and nobody had been there for the entirety of the first quarter. Yeah, and 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 I was like, dude, like I, t- I'm never, a sit in your seat guy. You're a sit in your seat guy. Yeah, I felt a little, I felt awkward, but I felt like I had a, um, it was a window into an everyday fan experience. I hadn't since damn near ever, ever as an adult, been in the stands to watch my favorite football team play and like blend it in with everybody. It was interesting. I saw a guy with a Clemson wedding band. Do we have that picture here? You see a lot of those? This guy's got an orange rubber Clemson wedding band. He was sitting right in front of me. Shout out to that dude who shaves his hands. (laughs) uh, (laughs) And has a Clemson wedding band. Everybody was really nice around me, so I'm not throwing shade, but that's a level of commitment I... uh, more a level of commitment by his wife, I presume.
2: Or husband. Or husband, sure. Did you happen to walk by sixteen at any point? Sixteen? Yeah. Uh no, I didn't. He's a quarterback. Lawrence, six five, two twenty. Yeah, he was he was taller
0: than I thought from across the field, but I didn't get a close up look at him.
2: Those guys make it look easy.
0: Uh yeah, I I would say The night ended in a really crash and burn fashion just as it did um, the game. Me and my bros ended up in an Airbnb. Uh, We were in our Airbnb till four or five in the morning with no food in the fridge. We'd been on a liquid diet all day, skipped meals. You know, like the last thing I ate when I touched down in Charlotte was tacos at two o'clock. I didn't eat again uh, a, a real meal a seated meal until 11 a.m. at world-renowned Ace Biscuits and Barbecue in Charlottesville, Virginia, as soon as we got off the plane uh, Sunday morning. And it was well worth it. But you know, I don't know if you ever do this, when you're on a liquid diet, you're on a liquid diet. I skip meals with the best of them. I was at the game, I had a stadium dinner, popcorn and one of those pretzels. I thought about doing the Papa John's thing but I couldn't get that guy's face out of my head.
2: 40 pizzas in 30 days. <laughs> I, couldn't
0: get, I couldn't get his face out of my head. So I passed up on the pizza uh, and, and, and we, we went on our way. I couldn't get dinner. We went to a bar. A couple dudes told us we looked too old to be in the bar. Mm. In our, Charlotte? Yeah, there were a lot of people our age.
2: A lot of people our age. Yeah, it was a Clemson fan. Um, I hate to make this about me, but I was in bed by two a.m. in in Charlottesville. Good for you.
0: I was I was hovering over um, a bag of pork rinds because that's all we had that we had to ration between four or five dudes.
2: I've noticed a lot of food in this liquid diet of yours. Well, it's not really meals, though. I would say they're
0: not. They're not. You know, when you eat popcorn, a pretzel, and pork rinds in a twenty-one hour period, and consume about twenty light beers. Not great for the, uh,
2: the body. You and I were standing on the field pregame, and uh, back judge runs up. Yeah, says, "Hey, oh. decaf Metcalf." Yeah, back judge knew my Twitter. Yeah, really cool friend of the program. Friend of the program, back judge
0: didn't do us any favors during the ball game. Sure didn't. I think it was the calls that that would have made up yeah. the difference. Yep. Um, we, uh, I. I Oh, we finished the night with a friend of the program, Nate Collins, part-time co-host.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> For those of you watching out there, he's got his, his Virginia jersey on. Uh, light beer? W- light beer in hand, and he is taking a little nap yeah. on the couch. I put the sunglasses on, because it always makes you look a lot worse when you're, when you're taking a little nap at four or five in the morning, and people can see your eyes, because you just it just doesn't look great.
2: No, no, no. No, that nope. would have been
0: wrong. I, are we okay to put the? Were we okay to do this?
2: Maybe ask Nate. We'll probably ask him. We'll probably ask him after the show. Yeah, then we could do a blur face. If, but Nate plays really loose
0: with the camera himself. I mean, I'm on Nate's Snapchat on the regular, so anytime you want to see um, unscripted, kind of see to your pants type stuff, um, I don't know what his Snapchat is, but if you can find him, Nate is going to stick a camera in your face the entire trip, he's like TMZ. Nate brought a actual Canon camera.
1: Hmm.
0: Like with the, with the strap that you put around your neck. Like, like he, somebody's uncle.
2: So Nate, yeah, Nate was my dad. Yeah, Nate was the, a dad yeah. for the trip. Happy birthday, Dad, by the way. Oh, really? December the 8th. Big Brad. Yeah. Happy birthday. Shouts out. Shouts out.
0: Uh, we also had, uh, I, I went on a bit of a rant yesterday on Twitter
2: my uh, dad's a friend of the blog by the way he 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 thinks it's a blog, oh, he calls this a blog, yeah, friend of the blog
0: <laughs> What does he say to you when, when he tells you that he hey
2: uh, hey makes <laughs> makes i uh I saw the last blog and i I thought it was terrific <laughs> thanks, dad love you brad uh twitter you
0: twitter yeah i uh I went on a bit of a rant that some people thought was offensive and violent, um, and I don't regret it. It was about lunch. Yep, The biggest waste of time
1: in the world, the worst meal, complete dog shit excuse for people that you don't want to hang, well,
0: here's my tweet. Doing lunch without any background info is basically a business meeting in person where you can get put on the spot with something, but there's a cool twist in public. And the best part, here's a terrible sandwich including 2.5 labels.
2: Labels? Is that a con? (laughs) It actually wasn't. (laughs) Yeah, that's pounds. LBS. (laughs)
0: 2.5 pounds of stiff ciabatta bread. That's why I hate lunch. I feel like lunch is And I posted a meme of Todd Gurley.
1: I do memes as well. Um, Yeah, this is me, Todd Gurley, stiff arming Trey Flowers,
0: and he's a guy who wants to do lunch. Or a girl that wants to do lunch.
2: Out of the blue, with no context, not a big fan of lunch. Where are you on lunch? Oh, pro-lunch. You're pro-lunch. I actually love lunch. And are you just talking about the lunch meeting, the lunch proposition? The lunch proposition. Okay. But why are people, people don't do breakfast when
0: somebody wants to sell you, you know, some terrible business opportunity or put you on the spot and say they fell on hard times or, um, I don't know, bring more drama into your already dramatic and busy as hell life. They usually choose lunch as cover. Right. Why don't they choose breakfast or dinner?
2: Because most people work a nine to five and they have so do a, we. a built-in lunch hour.
0: So I got some feedback from, from people online that said that for them it's an escape from work. Yeah. So they look at lunch very differently.
2: I love lunch. I get a beaten walnut salad at Bizu right down the road. Bizu's a good place. Great uh, gnocchi there. Yeah, I like to sit at the bar by myself and eat lunch. Oh, I love eating meals by myself.
0: Me too. I'd rather eat lunch uh, by myself than with uh, any of the, the various people who think I'm dumb enough to agree to go to lunch with somebody I haven't seen in, in years, possibly, out of the blue with no context. Can
2: we talk about it on the phone? What's it about? Uh, I'll just explain to you when we get to lunch. Well, that's weird. That, well, I get that a lot. PSA, if you want to get a business idea in front of Chris, drive him from Philly to Charlottesville. That's the best way to do it. When did that happen? Be his, your driver dog?
0: Oh yeah, my driver.
2: Jersey maybe?
0: Yeah, because because I had <laughs> I had to get around. Yeah, that's the best pr- business proposition. Pick I've... up, see long, become an Uber or Lyft driver, and <laughs> hover fi- around in Philly, and then drive me all the way to Virginia, and you can pitch uh, whatever a bi- you like. A business uh, plan that I can't disclose uh, because I signed an NDA. Um, yeah, but generally, I I. It, for people out there listening, like I understand some of y'all don't get these weird lunch things, but I get a lot of them. And I'm just getting tired of it. And if you're gonna pitch me some bullshit, invite me to breakfast and and let me do bacon. I just, I'm not a fan of the lunch thing. I'm not a fan of, of sandwiches.
1: I'm not a fan of like salads.
2: Oh, no, man. Salads. Yeah? are where it is at. No, nah, I don't think so.
0: It's, they're supposed to be healthy and they're mostly dog shit. They're mostly, like, doused
1: with.
2: Get the dressing on the side.
1: Yeah, I guess. Iceberg lettuce. You, you like those salads with the,
0: the shredded cheddar cheese and the, the, the big grape tomatoes and the iceberg lettuce. Like, you get unhealthier eating that lunch. Yeah, you're getting the wrong salads. Okay. Steve Harvey makes headlines, and that's the thing, Steve Harvey is a comedian that they're trying to make do serious things. But he's not like the, the safe type of comedian that you put out there and like can do award shows, although we're trying more and more to put like unsafe comedians in award show settings. And I think it's probably just for this very reason. It gets people talking about the award show. Steve Harvey gets the wrong country Again, he screwed up in 2015, and he screwed up a couple days ago when he called Miss Malaysia Miss Philippines.
2: Yeah. I haven't consumed this content. Uh, Let's
0: consume it right now.
2: Okay.
3: Philippines. Uh, this is it right here. I thought I had on something fly, but girl, you just woo cake and oranges and potato chips. This is a lot. Yes. It's not Philippines, it's Malaysia. Okay, well, let me explain something to you. I just read that in the teleprompter. Y'all are are doing this to me. I can read it said now. They're trying to fix it now. See, this is what they did to me back in 2015. Playing me short like that.
1: This is Malaysia. I really love this national costume of Malaysia.
2: Blame it on teleprompter. I haven't, again. That's the first I've seen that I haven't read any of. I don't the, think you need to of read the, of the feedback that that's fake. You think that, that's fake? That's choreographed. Yeah, that's that's on purpose. Is that a take? That's that's I, that, so. Whoa, I this could be a hot take. Perhaps I haven't seen a take yet. That's why I wanted to to put that out there. So first. you
0: think one hundred percent, which would support my theory that Steve Harvey's good for the Miss Miss Universe pageant. Sure, until he gets roasted by Miss Columbia... Which you also haven't seen. Let's roll that tape. What's he doing?
2: He's nervous. His acting
0: is what he's doing. Well, he's nervous because he screwed it up in 2015.
3: Mustache. Game. Strong. It's right there. Right there. C O L O M B I A. Nailed it. Oh my god. Well, you're here. Yes, I'm here. Are you sure you read correctly? Should I go back? Tell me what to do. So you just keep this going on, don't you? You saw me bend over there. You know I'm struggling with this. You're forgiven, don't worry. You've forgiven me. Yeah, they do. Yeah, they have. Yeah. not. The cartel is not, they're <laughs> not handling it the same way. Steve,
0: that wasn't choreographed. Yes, it was. The cartel?
2: Maybe that was freelance. but
0: That's a word I don't like to use publicly. I'm even nervous to use it on this pod. I would be too. I'm glad I haven't said it. No beef with the cartel. Steve, though, made a cartel joke. Don't think that was planned. He also got an eye roll, or he gave an eye roll, to Miss South Africa, who used her platform to um, talk about climate change for a moment, and he rolled his eyes at her, which I don't think was choreographed either. Steve can be a little sloppy here. He called a flint caller into his show who's ripping the Cleveland Browns well, he, he instruct them to go drink some of that brown water, which I thought would probably sink his career. It didn't. Um, so he continues to book award shows. Teflon Steve. Teflon Steve. Uh, also, he survived the, uh, the staff memo, if you remember that one, mm, in 2017, yeah. yep. which I actually enjoyed the staff memo. Yeah. Um, the staff memo uh, read that no one should approach him while he's in the makeup chair or speak to him.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm cool with that. That's like when you're at the gym, don't talk to me, right? I'm totally good with that. I think that that got blown way out of proportion. I can imagine, and he mentioned this, he's trying to eat lunch, which brings me back to my lunch rant. People just barge in. No announcement. He's getting ready to do a show. We know how hard show business is. Very hard. V. Yeah. V hard. Imagine somebody coming in and just chomping their disgusting sandwich with mayonnaise on it like spitting pieces of mayonnaise out onto your, your
2: note cards and pitching you a business plan. You said chomping. I'd like to use this platform to tell the folks that it's champing at the bit, not chomping at the bit. Really? Yeah, it's champing at the bit. It's a, it's a horse. It's an equestrian term, champing at the bit. No shit. Unrelated to Steve Harvey. Wow. Yeah.
0: Um, I'm a big fan of that staff member. Listen, by the way, again, on lunch... Just eat some cold food out of the fridge. Lunch is a huge waste of time. Bad take, bad take. Some Steve Harvey facts, he attended Kent State and West Virginia. Uh, he's from Welch, West Virginia. Great mustache again. He's been a boxer, an auto worker, an insurance salesman, a carpet cleaner, and
1: a mailman. Hmm. One of those
2: is better than the rest. If I may, mailman. Yeah, cool job. Awesome job. Is it? Yeah, you're in solitude. Yeah, you can listen to whatever you like. Yeah, podcasts. Yeah, perhaps. Um, people count on you. People like you. People like you. You get to get a lot of exercise. Yeah, if you're out of my my guys on foot. If you don't like dogs, though, not a good thing. I don't know. Well, you need to be challenged. Yeah, I, I guess. Mean, I think that's a great gig. Okay. I really do.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, boxer, yeah, brain damage, auto worker, cars can fall on you and shit like that. Insurance salesman, boring. Carpet cleaner, disgusting.
2: I'm not going to besmirch any of them. No, I'm just saying um, there's, there's
0: downsides to all those occupations. I don't see a big downside for mailmen, except for the turning radius of their rigs and, right. and driving on the, the opposite side of the car.
2: Another perk, that's cool. Okay.
0: Uh, in the 80s, he was homeless for years, not cool. Uh, slept in his car when he was not performing gigs. So, Steve's had a long road to this. That's why I think this stuff doesn't really like bother him. Like, You know, comics are, it's an era where we're reckoning with certain things we can and can't say. And Steve is a guy that might be a little rough around the edges for some award shows. But, to your point, he might be keeping Miss Universe more relevant than it would be without him. Yeah. Which I can't tell if that's a sexist sentiment. He's acting. Okay. Thanks for listening to Greenlight. Don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts so you don't miss an episode. Marcus Peters this weekend, after the Bills uh, were knocked off, was partying in the back of the head zone with some Ravens fans and shotgunned a beer. Did you see that? Heard about it. Let's see it. Door shut door shut that's the fastest shotgun i've ever seen he got like three ounces of beer in his mouth yeah which is the oldest trick in the book you know i can't take it when somebody's like hey man let's shotgun a beer i mean it can be fun but it feels like when they're doing it to me it's usually like a football fan we usually do it on shotgun beach on the james river shout out james river runners um not not me you no i do Yeah. yeah Uh, You don't like tubing. No, I don't. I don't like being wet.
1: (laughs) What? You shower? Yeah. I do like being clean. But you don't like being in a river. I don't like being wet.
0: Makes no sense. Tubing is one of the most awesome things on the planet. But when you have to to shotgun a beer, every time I do it, I realize I don't remember how to do it. You know, it's like when you're 10 beers deep, it's not automatic, like where do, I, where do I puncture this thing, is it keys, and then put the finger over, you can cut your hand. Yeah. This might be a hot take that I wouldn't give when I was 23. Not as into shotgunning beers anymore. And I'm really not into like doing chugging contests with dudes in my 30s, I've had to do one or two. About five years ago though, at Robert Quinn's wedding, I had one with Cortland Finnegan, who is a known cheater. If you ain't cheating, you ain't trying little guy, feisty guy. Um and he poured the entire beer down his chest. Mm. Uh, in the contest. I want you to officiate this contest here. What we're seeing is pouring. Oh, go.
1: They hit that. that! Damn, What the <laughs>
3: hell? <laughs> 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 hell Kill this kid. <laughs> no, I did it. <laughs>
0: for those of you listening not watching that's cortland and i uh having a beer checking contest which i'm actually pretty decent at but court dumped the entire beer down his chest uh and claims that he won what's your what's your take there
2: yeah he lost he lost was that meg long in that video that was meg in the background she she officiated it well right away she pointed it out. robert
0: quinn right there in the video officiated as well Yeah. Um, And now to talk Titans, my new favorite non Eagles team in the NFL, Court. We've got Cortland Finnegan on the hotline, so to speak. Friend of the program. Welcoming to the program one of my favorite teammates of all time, uh, Cortland Finnegan. Doesn't need much more introduction. My guy.
3: Thank you, Lord.
0: What's up, dude?
3: What's up, baby? Hey, thank you for having me, good man.
0: Yeah, you're really, you're really good at football. You're a great friend. You're a great teammate. But you're bad at Skype. You're, you're, you're really shitty because you're, you've, you, half your face is cut off right now. You know you have to move away from the computer or the phone.
3: <laughs> there we go. Hey, my afro lopsided too. Hold on, Damn, boy. <laughs> Fix that. This, Skype, this ain't for everybody, man.
0: It looks worse than it did on oh, Kelly. Sure
3: huh? Right. It, it, right.
0: it looks worse than it did on Kelly.
3: Hey, you see the Migos right here? Yeah. This is, this is actually, we call him Reset. <laughs> the reset <option>. yeah.
0: <laughs> Amazing. Where are you right now, Corus? Huh? Where are you right now? Say that again. Where are you currently?
3: I'm at Juice Bar, man. Slanging juice. juice. Uh, just trying to change the world with a healthy body in mind, baby.
0: Yeah, you're into the juice thing now. You got anything else going on right now?
3: No, nah, man, just raising kids, big dog. You know I got three. And uh, you, you know how it is, man. I it's do know how. So
0: well, I, do, I don't, and I won't know how three is.
3: Yeah, yeah, you, you potentially could, man. If you're practicing, <laughs> it's always an <laughs> idea. You know happens.
0: me. You know me, big practicer. Um, anything else? Are you still doing the shoe thing?
3: No man, no. Uh, uh-uh. uh. Just, just a little restaurant business. Just loving on folks, man.
0: Good, That's good. It. And, and doing a lot of philanthropic stuff. You joined me on Kilimanjaro for conquering Kelly last year. You Dude. famously said this is going to be a breeze. <laughs>
3: hey, listen, it's the hardest thing I've ever done in my life, but the most meaningful. I mean, uh, you talk about just giving back, man. What you're doing is so special. And you don't realize what you're doing until you go over there and see how you're impacting people, man. And so. Again, you didn't win man of the year for, for any other reason other than you just got a big heart. No, and I just, appreciate it. You're a good man. So. I appreciate you know it. That.
0: Well, the, the foundation money doesn't hurt they gave us with that award. So we're able to <laughs> we're able to cover the admin costs of getting my buddies over to climb Kilimanjaro in court, who said it was, was going to br- be a breeze, admitted it was the hardest thing he ever did. He climbed damn near the entire mountain with a special costume on.
3: Yes I had on my elephant man You know I had a big trunk So you always gotta You always gotta carry the big <laughs> stick Wherever you go
0: So it's uh, it's uh, Can you explain the elephant thing uh, Not, well, not the trunk part um, Just to explain It was
3: it. like a Halloween costume And you like You're sitting in it And it's like you're on An elephant's shoulders And so he had the big trunk in front And I actually wore it To a Halloween party And then you and wore so it On kids, Mount
0: Kilimanjaro <laughs>
3: And I, went, I, yeah, I figured no one had climbed Mount Kilimanjaro riding an elephant I with think, a big stick.
0: I think you're the first one. Uh, the other, the other, uh, you know, first time, first time uh, milestone we had. Was Kirsty Ennis, who was the first female above-the-knee amputee to summit. Yours, of course, much more difficult. You climbed in a in an elephant suit. Congratulations! <laughs> I got to look at that stupid costume the entire way up. Real quick, so we would agree that the and of course you live in in Nashville still, uh, the longtime Tennessee Titan, Ram as well, a few other teams, but you're probably a Titan. That's that's the way you you identify yourself, right?
3: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean they they gave me a, they gave me a start. Coach Fisher has been instrumental. And just you know everything I did as a player, so I would definitely, um, and just in my foundation, they were able to give. So let me give back to the community. So I, I'm I'm pro Tennessee Titans. I'm pulling for them, and then you know I've got my buddy that's uh, running the show now on there. So uh, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm a Titans fan.
0: Well, that's great, man. Um, and I know they've been exciting. We'll get to them in a second. They're actually my probably my my favorite new team here. I used to hate the Titans, but now I kind of like them. I can't believe I'm saying that. The two best teams in the league right now, kind of unanimously in the AFC and NFC. We saw that possible Super Bowl preview two weeks ago in the rain. Uh, You look at the the Niners, they figured out different ways to win. They went in a high-scoring game down in New Orleans. They went in a low-scoring game in the rain. You know, on the other side of things, you got the Ravens who look unstoppable. They have an opportunity to be on the longest win streak going into the playoffs uh, for a team that might win the Super Bowl of all time, tied with the Patriots who reeled off 12 straight a few years back. What's the weaknesses of each team if they have any?
3: You know what, I think if you're looking at the Ravens, if I'm thinking of a weakness, and I, don't, and I per se, I wouldn't even want to give Lamar a weakness, but if you stop the run, you know, can they do a spread-type offense and still be, you know, still move the football? I think that's one of the things that I, I would like to see because if, if you make them one-dimensional, I know Lamar, if you, if you go back and look at his stats, I think he's throwing 15 to, to 20 times a game. Right. But it's, I mean, you know, he's throwing three or four touchdowns, and yeah. I think that's based on the run. When you, can make, when you can make, you know, make running a priority, now you get eight men in the box. Now you're playing cover three and man-to-man. So you just got to hit your open guys. But I think if you're able to run zones and stop the run with your front seven, then I think, you know, th- that poses a problem. No one's been able to do it because Lamar's been so elusive. But I think if this one weakness, if you make them one-dimensional, can they beat you? And I think that's the biggest thing. And the, and the 49ers, man, to be honest with you, I love their pass rush. I'm, uh, but I'm not sold on Garoppolo. I'm sorry. Yeah, there's, there's not enough. Man. It's been a I mean, hard like, sell for some trip.
0: people, but I gotta say, lately though, he's making a case.
3: Yeah, he, I'm not sold, man. I just I can't be sold on Jimmy. Uh, I know he's come from a great system with New England. Uh, I know he's made some plays down the stretch, but he's like a stray cat, man. He's not to be trusted. <laughs> I hadn't heard
0: that one okay well that's fine and coming into this year working backwards we hit the Niners I I was also apprehensive about him and even through mid-year but to me the big moment is I know it's the Cardinals they're down a couple touchdowns there he got a gut check that way they came back and won and then at two separate uh, instances on Sunday I thought these were big moments you know how hard it is to play in Superdome they're down 20 to 7 they need a big play he gives it to them And then this wasn't a Jimmy G moment, but that trick play when they were down 27-14. As a team, I feel like they're checking certain boxes off, you know, winning different ways, you know, not being so one-dimensional. He's doing enough at quarterback. And then the gut checks.
3: Right. Well, you know, it's New Orleans, too, now. They're they're, they're susceptible to giving up big plays. You go back from the start, they give up big plays. Now, they score a lot of points, but what they score at such a rapid rate, you got to think that defense is on the field a lot. So there's only but so much you can possibly do. So for them giving up big plays, that's and a great over the point. Top, do you remember early in the season? I mean, yeah. they were giving up plus fifty passes, yeah. plus fifty yard passes, like it was just you know free candy store. So yeah. I'm not I'm not sold on the fact that San Fran did that to New Orleans, not in one bit. Well, I'm, somebody I'm, else, but not New Orleans. I'm also no. not
0: not sold on this whole like the first half of the year. We're talking about the Patriots and the Niners as historic defenses, bro. Historic defenses, I I know it's Drew Brees, but it's not 2013 or 12 or 11 Drew Brees. And it's not. The Saints now, I always looked at as closer to like an old Patriots team. It's very balanced. They do a lot of things well. They don't have tremendous strengths. And they went out there and hung up 50 on the the Niners. I I don't think you give up 25, 28 points to the cards two weeks straight. I just, listen, I respect their defenses, but I'm just saying, Let's stop doing this. Oh, this is a historic unit halfway through the year. Same thing with the Pats. Now the Pats, though, they've had more trouble to deal with with the complimentary football issue. I mean, the first nine nine weeks of the, uh, of the year, they had their number one in time of possession. Since then, they're they're twenty seventh. So they're See? dealing with a lot of bullshit on the other end of it. So See, I, that's what I'm
3: saying. That's what that's what a lot of that's what a lot of fans don't like taking the, You know, account what's really going on. Time of possession. You know, like. I think that's one of the biggest. You we know, we talk about oh they have a top five defense where they lead the NFL in time of possession. Yeah. But well, well that's a reason. Yeah. I mean one they, they both go hand in hand so that that's a great point. And, there, of, and
0: offensive efficiency and we know about uh, the complimentary football because we didn't get a lot of that in St. Louis and we had some really good defenses by the way. But before we get to the memories, the Ravens now, um, the Ravens I would agree they. Like with with Lamar, if you're picking a weakness, and this is like a fun game to play because I still think their odds-on favors win the Super Bowl. I think Lamar's done a tremendous job, you know, improved. I still think he's he's a he's a very competent passer. We just can't we can't ignore the fact that if somebody cuts off that tight end safety valve. Somebody's going to make him throw the ball outside the hashes for 60 yes. minutes. And that's one yeah. thing I worry about. And I worry about that with any quarterback, really. I mean, sure. those are the toughest throws to make. So uh, this is an attack in Lamar. I also worry about him getting dinged. He got dinged on Sunday or was it the week before. He's done with like a yeah. thigh bruise. That's going to happen more and more in the playoffs. The physicality goes up. It's just all it takes is one play and you got RG3 there le- leading you to the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Jesus. yeah, Yeah. Um, so I worry about that stuff. Talking about the Titans, are they the third best team in the AFC?
3: No. Uh, they're, they're probably the, the best team in the AFC South. Um, they're playing the best ball. They're not the best team. I right would say now, the then. Texans are the best team in that division. But right now, the Titans would probably be top five AFC right now. I mean, that's
1: Where do you top put them? Three
3: tough. I mean, you've got the Ravens. You've got the Patriots. You've got the Chiefs. You've got Buffalo. I would say maybe give the Titans number five.
1: See,
0: I, here's how – and this is a tricky thing because we do this power rankings thing. What does a power ranking even mean? I, like, right. I think power rankings should – if you're talking power rankings, you're talking about a team, not only how they're playing right now, but their future prospects based on things like home field advantage, history, yeah. the people in the building. If you're talking about the five best teams in the AFC right now – I'm taking the Ravens one, the Chiefs two, because they're getting the defense together. People are getting yeah. healthy offensively. And I'm taking the Titans three. It's a team that's, that's averaged north of 30 points a game since Tan Hill yeah. came in. And Derrick Henry's been as good as anybody the last year, 16 yeah. games.
3: I, I, he gets better with time. I mean, he usually starts off slow. And even like last year, man, that big fella gets a rumbling. It's it's uh, good guys. you don't want any parts of him.
0: Now, would you argue with me that right now they're a better team than the Patriots?
3: I would. I would. Why? I would. It's just, you just, not, I mean, everything that the Patriots and come, I mean, come on, man. They're the Patriots. But right they, now, like, I'm game, talking about right now. they playing for you, if it was a game, if they were playing Sunday, you wouldn't pick the Titans over the Patriots. Not you if it's in it.
0: Foxborough.
3: If it's on a neutral, I don't, in Tennessee, I got to take the Patriots. I mean, last year, to what Gunk, happened man, when
0: the Pats, last year, the Patriots were definitely a better team than they are now. Would you agree?
3: Yeah. And, and, uh,
0: oh, come on.
3: Dang it. That's, t- that's so tough. I mean, because you think about their first, I mean, nine weeks. I mean, the way they played defense, their defense was lights out, and it was a compliment. Sometimes special teams were making plays. Sometimes but they were also, also
0: playing the, plays. you know, they were also playing the, uh, <laughs> they were playing the Sanford's of the world.
3: <laughs> hey, well, since since we bring that up, the Titans now, um, you know, they they didn't they hadn't been playing no no powerhouses either. Now no, you no, you're right. You're right
0: about that. <laughs> okay. But, all right, let's but, call it Spade, a Spade. <laughs> I'm just, hey, Tannehill, who I used to could not stand when he was in Miami. I couldn't stand him. I remember yeah. he bumped into me on the sideline like a tough guy after I ran him out of bounds. You remember we played there in 2012? Yeah. And lost well, listen, to them.
3: He was, he was he was new to the game. He was just trying to build some uh, credit, man.
0: I looked at him. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing, dude? Like, <laughs> you got Jonathan Martin blocking me. I'm going to be hitting you all game long. The, so, but by the way. He's just looked like a totally different guy. Is that a is that a byproduct of what's around him or the offensive scheme? When he was in Miami, I wonder if it was Gates or was it was it yeah. Tannehill. Now I don't know.
3: I, I, yeah, I think a lot of it. I think him having success early on, and then Gates. He's had he's went through a lot of offensive coordinators, even in Miami. It had Bill Lazor. I think he went through three or four offensive coordinators, which which is a big he deal. Never got grounded, right? Um, then he had some success, right? And he's just been a great guy, and I think him getting shipped off really gave him a new perspective on the NFL. Like it, like it, it, and he didn't need to be humble, but I think the game will humble you. Yeah, and I think it gave him a new approach on how he was going to attack football, and I think that's what you're seeing now—a different approach, And, and the fact that what they're doing. I mean, they're running the football extremely well, so they're allowing him to make passes that are. I mean, he's doing really well given the circumstance. I mean him being traded and man I couldn't be more excited and proud of him so no that's
0: great and everybody loves Marcus Mariota but maybe he needs a fresh start I'm not sure
3: there's no doubt he needs a fresh start he's gonna get he's gonna get a fresh start he will and he will um
0: do you think Tannehill is regardless of the outcome this this season the quarterback of the future in Tennessee
3: you know what I'm not the general manager and you know what you never know what they're thinking you know do they want to get younger do they want to move I think for I think for what I would want in a team right now. I think he's best suited for to move forward. I don't know if that's a a five-year plan, a ten-year plan. Hell, I would love to see him play in Chicago. Um, No, I think I think Tennessee makes. Oh, you're saying move forward with Tennessee. Yeah, for sure. I think Tennessee is going to sign him to a long-term deal. I'd love that. I, I'm, I'm almost, I'm almost 90 percent sure of
0: that. I'd love that. We've got now. I now I'm a big Tan fan. I got my buddy Darren Bates there making plays on special teams. Yeah. Our guy. Um, it's just a fun team to watch. They went from a really physical operation, and they actually like kind of. They've taken on that personality of their head coach and Vrabel. You yeah. know, they're edgy. they they play with passion. But for a while, yeah. it didn't play because of the quarterback position. You just didn't have it, and now yeah. you you add the quarterback to that equation, and they're kind of scary. You talk about one guy, Derrick Henry. It's getting cold. The guy looks like, <laughs> he's he looks like the predator. He's six five. You, you don't you don't want to be. Where would you tackle him in December? Would you how would you approach tackling him and take me inside the mind of a DB yeah. who's seeing Shit. him one on one in the in the secondary
3: you just hope that somebody slows him down before he gets to you. I mean, a lot of, you know, a lot of those bigger guys don't like to be hit low, but I mean, he's agile enough where he he's making guys miss. Right. So, hell, I'm not sure if they're, I mean, you go back to Steven Jackson, those guys like Saquon Barkley with, with Trump uh, thighs, man, I'm not sure if there's a good place to hit these guys. There's not. Um, you're just hoping that, as the season progresses, that they're slowing down and that they want to be tackled and pushed out of bounds. Hell, because they don't want to be hitting the knees. So I don't know if there's a good place to hit Derrick Henry. (laughs) I just know as it gets colder and the season progresses, he gets better. And that's what I'm excited about. And
0: that's no coincidence because, as you know, some of these missed tackles, you say, oh, he's making some of these DBs misses. I I think some of these DBs are making business decisions (laughs) as we know them.
3: Uh, (laughs) Hey, look. Hey, you damn right. They're making business decisions. Exactly.
2: Whoops, I over, I over,
0: that was a bad angle. Whoops, somebody else tackled him. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw a lot of that two nights ago on Monday Night Football with that rain coming down. Guys, late in the season, tackling becomes a bigger deal, and I think with, with the new CBA, we love less training camp practices. We love less live drills. But this is where yeah. it really starts to show later in the year. And against a guy like Henry, who was the toughest guy you ever had to tackle running
3: exactly. back? You know what Jones drew?
1: He was that little, tough. That,
3: that little, man, that little, he was probably five four, What yeah. I, I don't know how, he was 5'4", <laughs> 260, it seemed like, bro. In
1: cleats. And he, <laughs> 280 in pads. Dude, bro.
3: Yeah. Him and Fred Taylor together, uh, man, were two bad guys. But I'm going to go Jones-Drew all time. Cause he was, cause he was shorter than me.
0: Yeah. We had Gore and beast mode in our division for a while. Um, yeah. and then you got, so you went from, Ooh. you went from that beast. division where you were tackling, uh, MJD, Fred Taylor, yep. and then you end up in a division where you've got to deal with those guys.
3: Hey, beast, beast mode is up there too. Now. now that you said that, good gosh.
0: Now let me throw another name in the pot here. Michael Turner.
3: Burner Turner. Adrian Peterson. You know what? I'm still going with Jones Drew.
0: Okay, good. <laughs> Because I couldn't get underneath them. Yeah, no, no. Who could? Even if you can't get underneath them, <laughs> I'm not getting underneath them. Uh, so, so I'm going to ask you real quick about some other news around the league. Obviously, uh, this week we've okay. got the Pat scandal. Uh, reports are – No figure. Yeah, well, I, I can tell where you're going to land on this one. Uh, reports are developing. I, listen, you send advanced scouts everywhere. I don't doubt that some people might be doing a documentary on um, – on, you know, their advanced scout, but it is kind of fishy with the history. Where do you make of this?
3: You know, you know what? I think that, I think the Patriots I, uh, mindset is always push the envelope. Yeah. You know, ask, ask for forgiveness instead of permission. I think yeah. that's what they've always been about, but they've always been about winning. Yes. And if, you know, if no one's going to say anything, then we're just going to push the envelope and just see how, just see where the tips fall. And I think that's the biggest thing to, it doesn't, uh, obviously you still got to play the game but to be well informed prior to yeah i mean you talk about a huge advantage for guys and, and for teams you know like if you if you know what calls and sick i mean yeah so
0: how much so you're a defensive back and for me it, now for people listening out there in 08 um that was when they put the the headphones in the uh, yeah. in the helmet so there were less signs that defensive players relied upon. How much nowadays are, are signals really being given in the defensive backfield by coordinators and whatnot? Can you yeah, really think, even gain an I, I, edge? You
3: know, I think it's team to team. I think it's based on the division. I think because you play, you know, obviously you play in a division and, and everybody's telling, you know, what, you know, signs and calls are. So I think when you have to be able to have, you know, your wrist guards and be able to change defenses because you're playing these teams, you know, twice a year. I think the division – the division is the biggest game. When you step outside your division, I'm not sure how big it is yeah. unless you've got your quarterbacks of the world, your, your Mahomes, your, your guys that are really throwing the ball around, and you've got to show them a different look. I think that's where, you know, you, pull, you pose the biggest problem doing that.
0: Now, you you, you look at that, and um, I, I, I don't know. I I can't figure out what's wrong, what's right. But I guess it would, it would be like uh, – it's one of those things, if you have the history, you just – you would think you'd be careful. that's the only thing I even if they're innocent, it's just like, but, but why? Why feed people? Is it that important to get the the on field footage of your area scout just or your advanced scout just standing the fuck around? like is it that yeah, important? I
3: mean, brother, and you ask you ask for forgiveness, you don't ask for permission. Yep. they push the envelope. They want to win that bad. To where, if it's no, if no one says anything, or we could just push the envelope and it's okay, and we don't, no one reprimands us. Why not do it? Now, people, I mean, now,
0: a- now, people would say, "Oh, it's the Bengals." Here's what I mean: it is the Bengals, and the Bengals just got Andy Dalton back. And the way the Pats are playing, they can't afford to lose another game because if they lose another game before Buffalo, forget about it. They're going to have to go on the road to play two different teams, and that's a big deal. Exactly. If you play, if you play in New England. You know how much of a big deal home field advantage is. They preach it religiously. Now that's going away. They lost at home now two games uh, in a row for the first time in 23 yep. games. So uh, they actually had they had won 21 straight at home. I think it was, including the playoff. So it's a big deal, man. Uh, not asking you on a lighter note. We got into scandals to pranks. You are one of the best pranksters I've played with. Yeah, here, here you go. Thank you, man. Like, man. That means Oh, a lot. I thought you were going to play it off like you're actually not. What are Thank some of so what are some of the best pranks you witnessed, and what's the best prank you pulled off?
3: You know what the best prank I had I, I've, I've witnessed to date, and I, I have to give it to you. Yes, I don't want to do this shit, but I gotta give it to you. Was when we went to Seattle, and you had a carpenter build houses, yeah. with mailboxes. Literally, build houses around people's cars. Christmas lights with Christmas lights. And the car was inside of it with mailboxes, man. And they were like, that was phenomenal. Yeah, well,
0: I didn't build the houses. We just, we I got some good subcontractors.
3: Right. That's what i to have a contractor come out and build houses around the car and guys not be able to get inside of it. It was, was 10 to degrees me, outside, too. It was, it was one of the most ultimate pranks I've ever seen. Kudos to you. Thank you. The um,
0: DBs, you shouldn't have thrown ice in our room, but I spared you because we had kind of a, see, the thing <laughs> for people I, listening is me and Court. There was always this thing, like, we didn't fuck with each other, and, and, and the, the accounts of why would vary from guy to guy because I would say, yeah. well, court's afraid of me, and court would say, I, I, you know, he's afraid of me.
3: I just think we understood hey, that, that neither. You ain't, <laughs> you, you ain't want no smoke. Cause you don't like, want any you, smoke you, either. Hey, you, you is in the same mindset. A prank has no. You can't, with you, you and, and me, price on a we'll
0: be do, we would be doing pranks like grumpy old men. I know. At right. 85 years old, it would never stop. I would I think go
3: we, we did join forces.
0: I would go broke doing pranks We would just go broke. We would just keep looking. <laughs> ah, right. I, I want to give you some credit though. I want to give you credit here. Because you you totally neglected to mention the great prank you pulled off on um, and we mentioned this on the show the other day. Uh, that that you pulled off on the linebackers when you took the. Yeah, their that card. was
3: see, that was light. Yeah, that, but yeah. Tell that me about was, what I a light
0: what, what goes in a light prank like that. It was, it was light.
3: I, I still got my I got, I got What'd you my you boom coon that I want to pull. I can't tell you on air what it is, but I'm gonna pull it on somebody. Okay. And it may be you. I don't know.
0: Don't do it to me, bro. You don't want to start that. But tell the people out there, what did you do to the linebackers' cars that one day?
3: Uh, you know, we were at practice and I saw an 18-wheeler pass by a car hauler, and I said, "Man, what a great idea it would be <laughs> to rent a car hauler and put everybody's cars on it on a Saturday walkthrough before a game." Yeah. And so I, I hired a guy. He put the cars on there while we were at walkthrough. He pulls behind the building and drops the 18 wheeler and he up goes up on the lunch. hill so
0: everybody could see it.
3: Everybody could it see it. It was over the ravine,
0: lunch. it was over the river, over the ravine, and up a, up a hill.
3: See, like, I appreciate all these details. Yeah. See, I wasn't trying to give you all these details, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> um, and then he took the keys with him. And I mean, like, for, he was going to lunch. And so guys were coming out going, oh my God, like they didn't know how to get home. And so as I was leaving, one of the guys named Jolon Dunbar was walking by the bus stop and I flagged the bus down to give him a ride. All <laughs> I like remember. You that, and you add that to the mix of like how great of a prank that was. All I there remember was, was hearing, was
0: hearing the linebackers outside on Saturday and guys are like, what the fuck, man, my family's in town. I got to pick my kids up and courts like, don't worry about it. And he walks outside. He's like, your ride's on the way. And I hear, Shh, you know, the sound, the bus pulls up. It's a fucking county bus or city bus or whatever. And the guys, listen, that was one of the best pranks I'd ever seen. So, uh, so we always and had. And we, then you
3: had to top it.
0: Uh, yeah, I had to top it. I had to top it. Um, best defense. How, how do those Rams defenses stack up against those Titans defenses you were on? You don't have to pick one.
3: Uh, Mate, you know what? Gosh, I think, I think they're very similar. I think they're very similar. I mean, you, had, you, had, a, you had a, Vandem- had, had a Vandenbosch, th-
0: you had a white guy. We had a, you
3: had a, we had a three technique and two edge rushers. I think I've always, Javon Kurse. then you had Albert Hainsworth in the middle. You had a good linebacking core. I think you have Chris, you had you and, you know, White Lightning.
1: Yeah. Uh, yeah. And
3: Black Thunder. Yeah. Then you had Brockers in the middle with Knightis and Dunbar. I mean, we were both top five defenses, so I, I think they're very comparable. And then, you know, it's a Jeff Fisher kind of thing. We ran quarters. We did that. So, um, Man, I think it's it's very comfortable in saying that the fact that it's just always been about hard nose. And it was court.
0: hard nose, yeah.
3: Yeah. I mean
0: we uh, we had defense. a group. We had a group, man. I mean, from you know, the the, the front was as good the best front I ever played on, and we got more credit on those winning teams. You know, yeah. Fletcher Cox, unbelievable. Um, Brandon Graham, great player. The depth we had, the Eagles <laughs> but this defense in, in St. Louis, the front we had, Robert Quinn to have 19, myself to have nine, William Hayes to be a, a quote-unquote backup who's as good as most starters in the league Hello. with seven sacks or whatever, Eugene Sims, Aaron Donald was with us for a second, Kendall Langford, the whole group. I mean, and then we had Dunbar, we had larynitis. I, I want to close with one big picture question. Best NFL memory, moment, play, game, what do you got?
3: You know I think it was my first my first ever uh game being that it was my first ever n f l game that I ever attended, and I got to play in it so I think for me when you as a kid growing up, you're always NFL, you always want to play in the n f l you always want to go to a game well, if you can never go to a game and your first one happens to be the very first one that you get to play I think that's kinda for me I think that was kind of the icing on the cake and then you fast forward to sitting at home and then be able to play in the Super Bowl which you like you know one day you want to do that so I think those two moments my first Everything in the middle was great. Because, yeah, because of uh, course
0: you were with uh, Carolina for
3: that Super Bowl. Yeah, run. and just just the fact that you know, no matter what role I played there, I got to like be there. I think that was that was pretty badass. So. Well,
0: you you came you came up from uh, the tiny little school, Sanford. Uh, I, have a, I have some. <laughs> it's, San-
3: it's about it's about as good as Virginia. Oh come Cowboys. on,
0: hey, we were just in the ACC championship. We're going to the Orange Bowl. You want to come see me down there? Hey, you ever heard I, of that bowl many game? Points, it's in Miami. How many
3: points are did they pay y'all for that game?
0: I gotta go, man. This,
3: was it like 60 to? 30? This segment has to wrap.
0: I was just about to talk you up, and you start shitting on Virginia. One of the I worst, te- te- one of the worst teammates I ever had. One of the least competitive, <laughs> one of the least competitive teammates I ever had, and just a real piece of shit. Thanks for joining me, Cortland Finnegan. I love you too, buddy. Love you, buddy. See ya. So Monday Night Football. Um, yeah, for those of you out there listening, watching on YouTube. If you're tired of talking about the Eagles, take a quick break because we're going to talk about the Eagles. This is kind of how this works. They played on Monday night. I used to play there. Um, I also catch a lot of shit for sometimes giving you measured commentary on um, Carson Wentz, who has become public enemy number one in many circles. Um, but a big win for the Eagles and one that um, I certainly knew was going to be relatively close. I took the Giants in a teaser, for those of you who, knows, who know how that works, I, uh, they were nine and a half point dogs. I teased that number up to 16, um, or actually I got it at 10. So I had the Giants um, as 16 point underdogs, and I teased the under up to 52, I believe it was. Obviously both those things hit with ease, as I suspected. What I did not, suspect was that the Eagles would find themselves down 14. I thought that they would probably win 24-17 uh, or 24-13 but um, well more like yeah 24-13 I would have thought because that's why I teased it up but I would have thought it was probably a ten a 10 point ball game that the Eagles slowly pulled away in a sloppy one that was that was full of turnovers and uh, suspect quarterback play. Even though I'm a big Carson Wentz defender, there's a lot going on there right now that would lead you to believe that it's going to be a sloppy game with the drops, um, with the receivers. As I joked on uh, Twitter last night, that that have the shadow pictures on the website. That means dudes who don't have a picture on the website yet. They have they're just off the street or they're unsigned. That's what Carson was working with. I also uh, sent some picks into the chalk production team. We'll see how I did here on some of these prop bets. When it came to Wentz, I went three and two. Uh, I was uh, I took the over on passing touchdowns. Uh, that was set at one point five. Obviously, he he finished with two. I took the over on Ertz yardage. Uh, that number was fifty six point five. I think he had like ninety one yards. And you knew he was going to be a safety valve. He also was over on the receptions uh, for. Four and a half. He had nine. I, I hit that as well. Uh, you know, you look out there at, at people Carson can trust right now. It's pretty much Zach Ertz. I mean, even Dallas Goddard dropped the ball last night in a big situation uh, towards the end of the first half. I missed on the uh, on the under for passing yardage for Carson. I thought that he would probably he would probably win and uh, throw like two touchdowns and a pick with like two hundred yards. He was well over that with over 300 yards passing. And I missed on uh, on interceptions. The number was .5 interceptions. I took the over. I figured he'd probably throw a pick due to the bad weather. Maybe a tip ball. Maybe one, one that got away from him. After all, it was raining cats and dogs there. They had the field covered most of the night. When it came to Eli Manning, I went one and two. I was correct on passing yardage. Uh, the number was like 245 and a half. I took the under... Um, of course for much of the first half there I was like holy shit I'm not gonna hit and actually I put money on that one ended up winning uh, not how I thought I might win I thought I might win because I thought they were gonna be up 14 to 21 points the entire second half and they'd be milking the clock with Saquon and that number would settle in ended up uh, under a little close for comfort and uh, I missed on passing touchdowns at 1.5 and over on INTs I took at .5. Eli Manning did not throw a pick, and I know a lot of people took that bet. Uh, I think it was like plus 200, or uh, what was it, minus 200 something um, that he was gonna throw a pick. Probably a lot of people lost money on that prop bet. Again, we have a two-win team parading out a possibly Hall of Fame quarterback who is now a backup in the twilight of his career, facing a Five-win team that is under a lot of scrutiny. Won a Lombardi trophy two years ago. Doesn't look anything like that team. In a driving rainstorm on Monday Night Football, and everybody had to watch. As Booger McFarlane said during the the broadcast, uh, as we were getting ready ready for one of Carson's big drives late in the game, this is what America wants to see. Did they want to see that? Uh, I'm not even sure anybody in Philly wanted to see that, I'm not sure anybody in New York wanted to see that, but the game turned out to be relatively thrilling. And we'll get to why there is some redeeming value with when it comes to chaos in a division matchup like this. Again, when you look at, for people, you know, saying that win doesn't mean anything because it's the Giants, uh, and they're a two-win team, et cetera. One, it's a division game. We saw what happened to New Orleans, uh, losing to Atlanta twenty three to nine earlier in the year. A team that just scored fifty points on the uh the Niners defense in a shootout. Um and another thing is when you say it shouldn't be this hard to beat a two win team, just remember we're a five win team. And by we, I'm talking about the Eagles. Uh we're not exactly the same team as I look at it. That team's not the same team uh as the team in two thousand seventeen. And that's not a slight to this team. The injuries, personnel issues they have mounted, and it is a different team. So no win can be taken for granted against a two-win team, even with a bad secondary um, and injuries of their own. It started off really odd, it just felt weird. By the way, you had the Lando um, intro, of course they're doing a Star Wars promo, and that that just, I walked down uh, or I sat down finally after a long day, right on time. You know, you know that moment when you turn your TV on and it's like, Da, 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 da. Well, obviously the music has changed a little bit,
1: but um, you have, I, I turn on my TV, hit the pen, Lando,
0: lightsabers, Carson Wentz walking through that green laser thing that we used to walk through and, uh, in the tunnel, and I'm like, I am locked in. I really want to see this game. I'm excited about this game, and that's why football sells no matter Who's playing late in the year? There's some storyline. There's some drama we talked about on the last pod. And the reality is, this is a team that controls their own destiny. So um, I turn on the TV, out of Lando, driving rain, sideways rain, and you've got um, Abby Manning, uh, Eli's wife, up in the suite. Peyton's come in to watch the game. It was just a bizarre thing. I mean, it felt like a dream. You thought it was over for for Eli a couple months back with his record firmly coming to a halt at, or it would seem, at 116 and 116, which I thought was relevant because I thought the Giants, it's a very legacy-aware program, and everybody knows that the elephant in the room with Eli is that a lot of people are going to argue that He's not a Hall of Famer. I think there's some people that resent him because his brother's a better player. Um, I think there's some people that resent him because of his personality or the perception that he's kind of just this wet blanket guy. I don't know, maybe he is. Um, I know he feels like a blanket when you when you sack him. He's one of the most comfortable um, quarterback sacks uh, in the league. It's like just diving onto a an Egyptian cotton, 300 count thread duvet cover with a nice fluffy, you just, you just dive in there. And uh, and he always closes his eyes and like squints and he's like, Egh. he has like the funniest face when you sack him and he like makes a noise. Um, that's a bit of a tangent there. But I think a lot of people don't like him for for a number of reasons. Some people perceive that because he was um, he was apt to implosion at times and would have these really bad games and stretches that it would negate
1: some of those really heroic playoff runs. When you are the guy that beat Darth Vader twice, of course being the New England Patriots, on
0: the biggest stage and kept them from having six, eight rings, um, that's that's important, and uh, it's no coincidence. They're the only team to, to beat them multiple times. Of course, the only team to match up with them in the Super Bowl multiple times. Um, that's a big deal, and I think that should factor in. We'll get into that in a minute. Um, the whole book of Eli graphic was weird last night. I was like, is that, is this weird? Like, this whole thing? Like, I just felt awkward about the entire game. Um, but a bigger elephant in the room, possibly right now, than Eli's legacy or the Giants and what they're doing next year, or what's going on with with Eli next year. By the way, Eli says that um, I think he told Booger and Tess that what he's learned backing up Daniel Jones, they never wants to be a backup again or a uh, or a coach. So that should tell you something if he continues to play. Uh, he might have unrealistic expectations or maybe they're very realistic or he's just gonna retire. But the biggest elephant in the room was not Eli, it was Carson Wentz, it was his play. Last month especially he has really taken a lot of arrows um, from fans and media alike. There are people that see his play which has been poor at times and inconsistent in the context that it deserves, rational people. And then there's people who are just fucking psychotic and he's the entire problem for the Eagles. Like they're blind to everything else going on. I mean, right off the bat, you've got miscues, you have a fumble on a sneak, uh, which I'm not sure, and this is me being transparent, I wanna say you're allowed to do that on a, uh, on a sneak uh, in a pile because if he doesn't get it and he's short of the line to gain, it's a turnover on downs anyway. You no know, different coaches have different um rules for that. Like, you know, there's situations uh, down at the goal line that you want, you don't want to reach out at the goal line unless it's fourth and goal or you're at the the pylon. You know, I'm sure Twitter erupted with criticism when he fumbled. You know, the golden sack early in the game. It looked like it was maybe a roll out, but it was out of a formation you wouldn't think to roll out of. You had the the line full sliding to the right. You knew there had to be something wrong with the protection, but of course, I'm sure people thought that was Carson's fault. It was actually Miles Sanders' fault. He was supposed to scan across and pick him up. Um, even with a passing touchdown right off the bat to Greg Ward, um, who was the guy a year or two ago whose job it was to simulate being Deshaun Watson and guys like that in practice, he'd wear a red jersey and just run around on like Thursdays and Fridays when I felt like shit and I'd be like, come on, man. You're too fast, you're too athletic. Let's chill out a little bit. Stop breaking contain. Making me look bad. Giving like 15 yards to run backwards and get the corner and then get yelled at by, you know, the coaches that were not ready. So that was like, that was his job. And by the way, I think Greg Ward is gonna be a nice piece, a developmental piece, but this is a guy that's been out of, in and out of the program, practice squad guy, red jersey guy, um, shadow picture guy, no offense, love the kid, think he's got a, a nice future, but these are guys that he's throwing to that haven't been in the league or haven't been on team lately. Um, even when he hit him for a passing touchdown early in the game, phantom holding call on Brooks, I believe it was, unless there was some other explanation, that's four points off the board because, of course, now they end up back at the 20 and they implode implode i think there was a sack um a couple of miscues there and they have to kick a field goal um and Manning wasn't throwing to anybody either you know he threw the ball behind uh early on a couple guys and i would understand why he's been cold for the better part of the season he hasn't he hasn't you know had a live bullet situation um and he made a couple bad throws. And of course, Booger's like, let's see if he can get that fixed real quick. I'm like, I don't know if he can get that fixed real quick, Booger. This is kind of, it's kind of raining sideways. He's kind of throwing to a bunch of guys I haven't heard of. Ingram's out. Um, not really sure about that. But he took some shots to Slayton. Saw him roll, it out, roll out and throw it, throw it 50 yards. Uh, rolling out to his right in his own end zone. Saw him complete the ball five straight times for a stretch. Uh, By the way, Slayton's the first rookie to have multiple 100 yard games with two touchdowns since 2014, he joins good company there. Mike Evans, Hearns, and uh, OBJ. He had 154 and two touchdowns in the first half. It kinda reminded me of Torrey Smith uh, in 2011 when uh, the Ravens came to the Rams and Torrey scored like three touchdowns in one quarter and it, it felt like a coming out party. So to see a, a, a rookie like that who's been kind of unheralded because of where he plays, but has played some good ball, he's got the big stage now. It's Monday Night Football, it's a little late in the year for a bad team to be on, on the big stage. It happens all the time, but it's a good opportunity for players like him, him to show out. And for him to be a rookie who hit that milestone that I just talked about, that was cool for him. Not cool for Eagles fans, because all of a sudden you look up and it's 17 to three, and you're like, this thing's over, dude like the season is over. And uh it was as if somebody took the defibrillator to you know the Eagles playoff chances and they woke up. You know, the injuries were piling up. You got Lane Johnson who got rolled up on. Thank God he got paid. I don't know what it was, but it looked catastrophic. It's sounding like more it's now an ankle. Um x-rays were negative, so that's good. You know, he, he got paid two weeks ago. So, whatever it is, I'm glad at that timing. If you're going to get hurt anytime, it's better after that. Well deserved for him to get that new contract. I hope he heals up good, whatever it is. Alshon, the non contact thing, that's a yikes. Because usually when a guy limps off after making a break or, you know, starting his route, coming off a line with a non contact, you worry about Achilles. He said he felt something pop in his foot. I don't know. Um, You've got your receivers are Jaws, J.J. Ar- Artega whiteside um, who's been inconsistent, obviously a rookie. I think he's a third-round pick. You had Alshon, who, who's hurt, um, but hasn't been himself. Uh, by the second quarter, he's gone. You're left with Greg Ward, Jaws. You got Perkins, tight end, nice developmental piece, but certainly not a guy most people have ever heard of. Another practice squad guy. And you have Boston Scott who does not look like a pro football player if you walk by him on the street. But he's a great kid, he works really hard. Another guy who's one of these shadow picture guys. Well not for long, because Boston Scott is gonna be a popular guy in Philly. Uh, And I'm super happy for him, he had a nice night. But if they lost one more receiver, it's Josh McCown. And they panned to Josh McCown and and, uh, Peterson talking during the game at one point, and I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, I know they talk about calls and stuff, but. I wonder if at one point Peterson was telling Josh that, hey, you're next. If one more receiver gets hurt, the twenty year vet quarterback is going to be our slot guy. Um, you had drops like like Goddard's before the half. You had four three and outs in a row. You know, and Booker's saying, Oh, well, guys are open. Oh, I need to look. I need to see the all twenty two. I can't say that for sure, but Typically this year, there haven't been a lot of guys getting open, Booger. Um, And by the way, Booger doesn't seem to care for Carson too much. Carson gets crushed in the jaw by Leonard Williams. Um, Like At that point, before they took the defibrillator to the Eagles at that distinct turning point, I'm literally thinking there, and I've been on a lot of bad football teams, you're talking about a guy who has a PhD in being on bad football teams. Being on a bad football team in Philly, that's rough. Being on a bad football team in Philly two years removed from the Super Bowl, that's really rough. Being on a bad football team two years removed from the Super Bowl and getting
1: your ass kicked by the Giants is a fucking nightmare. And it's raining. And, uh, and I'm thinking at that moment, dude, these guys can't even say uncle. You can't quit.
0: Because even if you keep losing, you're never going to be out of this race until you lose to the Cowboys or beat the Cowboys. Like, there's no like, just our season's over.
1: And it felt like it should be for stretches of that game, and at different points in the season. But through all that, they get they get off life support, and Carson
0: puts the team on his back, and it wasn't pretty the whole the whole second half, You, you know. You had a big conversion to Boston Scott yet, and then you have like a false start. You'd have a bad snap. you have a ton of third and longs. But there was a moment where Carson eludes a, a defender, takes a deep shot, and you're like, okay, he's heating up here. That deep ball looked really good. It was dropped, of course. Um, and then there was another drop by Greg, Greg Ward, which of course Booger said, uh, that's gonna be a tough catch. The guy hates Carson. Um, through all that though Carson led him on three huge drives in the second half 21 in, unanswered and that big throw to Ertz with a rusher in his face in the end zone that was a big deal um, but even through all that you know, if it's, if, it's Ertz, if it's Ertz catching a touchdown in the end zone it's hey great, r- get, great route that's all Booger and Tess had to say if it's that dime he threw to, to Artega Ar- Whiteside, Oh, way to get off the line by Artega Ar- Whiteside. How about the throw? The elephant in the room is that you think Carson sucks. Give him his due, because when he makes a bad throw, we talk about it. Talk about the good ones, too. This was a big moment for Carson and the Eagles. I mean, obviously it keeps the playoff hopes alive, but I would argue that.
1: More important than the playoff prospect for the Eagles is Carson finishing this year strong and giving the fans and the
0: organization, who I know believes in him, because the organization knows what's wrong and it ain't him. It's more so about the fans and the media and himself, giving himself the confidence with everything going on, with like living up to Nick Foles' legacy for that little run, to sign the big contract to you know, some lows he's had this year to the anonymous sources. This guy's taken a lot of arrows. Hadn't won a big game, hadn't had a big moment. For him to come out and do that, that was big. And so I would say the rest of the year is just as important for Carson Wentz's future. Because to me,
1: this doesn't look like a Super Bowl team right now. I mean, these guys have the right to believe that, and I believe they do.
0: Because they never say quit, they never say die, and that's in their DNA. A lot of them. But being realistic right now, they haven't shown enough. And maybe things change and they can get hot, win a divisional game at home, win another one, get a bunch of people. I, I don't think it's likely here, guys. But you got to beat the Cowboys first, who, by the way, have never lost to the Eagles with Zeke. And I was there for a lot of those. Um, The rest of the year is very important to Carson Wentz. It's, I would argue, more important to Carson Wentz
1: going forward than it is to the Eagles franchise this year. Um, You know, I, I I would argue
0: that it's more about Carson finishing strong than it is even about making the playoffs. I don't know what you'd rather have if you're the Eagles or you're an Eagle fan. I'll pose this question to you. Carson wins the next three games, well, doesn't win the next three games. Let's say Carson sc- puts up 40 points a game the next three weeks. Looks lights out. And they don't make the playoffs. Or he looks like shit and they make the playoffs and lose the first round. Which one would you rather have? I know what I'd rather have if I'm an Eagles fan.
1: I want my franchise quarterback to even amid all this bullshit he has to deal with
0: rise to the occasion, build his confidence, build the confidence of the fans and answer the bell, and I think he will. I think he'll answer the bell. Do they make the playoffs or not? I don't know, but but the way he stepped up last night was awesome. For a guy that has entered the meme portal, as Ryan and I would say, Ryan Russillo would say, um, he really stepped up. And again, people saying it's the two-win Giants, well, this was the five-win Eagles. Um, and it's not 2017. Frank Wright getting there, Alshon's hurt.
1: No deep shots, no Deshaun, no Torrey Smith, you know, no, um, no right tackle,
0: no Jordan Howard, we're forgetting about that. Jay Ajay, he's been
1: off the street two weeks ago, off an ACL. You know, I, I tweeted this last night. This guy's out there in the rainstorm from the notebook wearing two gloves, throwing to shadow picture guys in the program. And that's no disrespect
0: to the guys in the program but because before a lot of these Hall of Famers were Hall of Famers, they were shadow picture guys. But it's not ideal. Stop acting like it is. And as Joe Tess said, eat that W, Billy, which was a bizarre way to end that, to end that broadcast. Um, also want to shout out the, uh, the defense. They gave up 27 yards in the second half. And that win was so Philly. And it's the Giants team, again, that played Green Bay, Green Bay close. And for context, that 21-point second half in overtime, if you're counting that as a half, which technically you shouldn't, um, after halftime, no one scored more, except for, ironically, the Cowboys on the Giants, because the Cowboys put up 24 after halftime.
1: The Eagles, once they figured things out with that terrible, terrible... Injury, I don't want to say terrible roster because I'm not shitting on the guys, but they did it, and, uh, and that was
0: a big win. I don't think the Eagles are a good team right now, but that was a good night for Carson. Um, what it looked like to me was the third preseason game where most of the guys are second-string guys or third-string guys fighting for a job, and there's a couple vets sprinkled in there who might have got to camp late coming off an injury who are playing in the second half of a third preseason game. Like seven guys who are depth guys, three four pieces that are long term pieces. Um, that's it's just bizarre. It was bizarre seeing Boston Scott making plays, Greg Ward making plays, um, you know Perkins catching the ball. And although it was chaotic, I think people were entertained by that, and that's why I would not like to take away the division winner
1: having some sort of. I don't know, motivation to win the division? Because if you take away the division winner getting a playoff spot, it doesn't matter who
0: wins the division. And that's something that's been really important as a player and as a fan for a long time. Greeny uh, on Get Up had a good point. He uh, said an easy way to fix this is um, stop giving the division winner a home game if, he's, if they have a worse record than the team they're supposed to play. I don't know how that would work exactly. It seems pretty simple. Maybe there's an issue with that. But like for instance this year, you know, you wouldn't have um a team like San Francisco or some other team. Say it's the, the Seahawks or whoever uh is, is the odd man out having to travel and play a team that probably goes nine and seven or um or eight and eight. Um where does Eli go? Again. I don't think he wants to finish his career with a losing record, but I don't know that the opportunity is gonna be there for him to continue it somewhere. That's gonna be conducive to improving that number. And I do think he's a Hall of Famer, even with a losing record. He wouldn't be the only one, I don't think.
1: Um, so, again, Eli, Hall of Famer. Carson Wentz, not the problem.
0: Eagles, not a good team right now. Defense, great job. Guys who are young and probably shouldn't be playing yet, great job. Shadow program guy, that's not an insult. You just played the game of your life. Boston Scott, Greg Ward deserves a lot of credit. Whiteside deserves credit. Stepping up and making a couple plays. You know, it wasn't pretty, but that was a Philly win in a driving rainstorm back against the wall, rising from the dead. That was, uh, that was fun to watch. It was one of those things when the game ended and I still root for these
1: guys. Um, you know, I, did, I wasn't jumping up and down, but I, I, I had to smile. And, that, and that, that, that's gotta be
0: the reaction if you're a Philly fan. Those guys have no quitting them. They got a lot of fight. You can call them inconsistent, outmanned, injured, whatever. That DNA deep down it's not the same team as it was in 17, but there's enough pieces in there that are gonna make this team finish in a way that you can be proud of them. And, and, and that's all I'm saying. Not claiming the Eagles are a good team, not claiming that Carson Wentz is an MVP candidate, but he's not the problem. And he showed that last night, and he got his first big moment. You know why he got it? Because he decided he could manage a game, which was my biggest knock on Carson. Know when to manage a game. He did that last night, the turning point was when he started hitting stuff underneath and they started moving the ball and he took what the defense gave him rather than trying to force things and make big plays. And I know a lot of people said he put the team on his back but I think that's a mischaracterization. He did what he was supposed to do and he hit the open guys and that's what you have to do when you have guys like that playing. So I thought that was a big deal for him and he had his first big moment. I know it was the Giants, but this game, whew, a lot of people's jobs are on the line. His legacy as well uh, included, and he showed up. We'll get into quick hitters real quick because I don't want to just fo- focus on the Eagles, but um, we had to do it. That was the thing that uh, most people are tired of hearing me talk about. Me included. The Eagles, um, but it was a Monday night game, and that's what we do. On this, uh, on this Wednesday pod. So.
2: Yeah, to try to keep the folks' attention, let's do some quick hitters. Let's do it. I want to implement a system here Okay, uh, that has never been done before. A clock. Next to when you're making the point? Right. Never seen that. No.
0: It's a great segment. Yeah. Keep Pardon the uh, interruption. Let's, let's, let's just get right into it. So how much time do I have before I get into these? 60 seconds. 60 seconds to make a point about these very nuanced things. Are the L.A.
2: Rams for real? Schwa.
0: I think they're better. I think McVeigh is counter-punching. For a long time here, we wondered, what well, feels like a long time, if this slide signaled that Sean McVeigh couldn't adapt. And this was the first time a really great table setter had to adapt in the NFL because of personnel, because of golf. I think you take that win against Seattle with a grain of salt, other than the defensive performance, which is one of the best of the year. I mean, you talk about them holding them to 12 points, and this is a team that's held uh, opponents to 15 since Jalen Ramsey got in town. That's impressive. Offensively, they played good in Seattle the first time they played, uh, and Seattle's been terrible towards the bottom of the league against tight ends. Tight end usage is way up. That's part of why the Rams have gotten better. O-line reshuffling, inside zone. And by the way, Higby, who went off against the Cardinals and now the Seahawks, is the first Rams tight end since 1962 to go for 100 yards in back-to-back games. So it's a good sign for the
2: Rams, but I would take it with a grain of salt. Boop. Damn, dude. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Talk to me about Baker Mayfield. Oh,
0: man. I really like Baker Mayfield. Like, I, I like I liked when he came in that he doesn't shut up. I, I like the fact that he, you know, when I played him in the preseason, I met him, I, you know, I was like, hey, don't, don't stop. Don't stop talking. Don't stop being yourself because I think there's an element that he brings to the, the quarterback position that's good that way. But I don't think he plans things, But and so sometimes I wonder if he he has the foresight to think about you know the fact that he's throwing his, his, uh, his training staff under the bus. Um, I think he was overcompensating for when he took the company side on Duke Johnson and saw this as an opportunity to talk good and stick up for a teammate in OBJ. By the way, trainers screw up all the time. A lot of times they ignore you. A lot of times they, 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 they tell you the wrong shit and guys get hurt, hurt worse. My only thing is if that was really what happened, I just wish he hadn't walked it back. Don't say I didn't mean to throw the training staff under the bus. You did exactly what you meant to do.
2: Stand by it. There's nothing wrong with it. Three seconds to spare. Nice. I, yeah, his, his response typically is, y'all relax. Yeah.
0: I'm cool with Baker speaking his mind. I'm just saying have some foresight and don't walk it back.
2: Yeah. Um, okay, Andy Dufresne is about to win the Heisman Trophy in a landslide. Your thoughts? Yeah, I think Joe Burrow deserves it. I think,
0: um, I think Burrow has been that magnetic guy all year. Um, in a year where Trevor Lawrence started off slow and people are down on Clemson, Burrow has taken the nation and people by People are
2: not down on Clemson. Dabo says people are down on Clemson. The media
0: at large has been, I just listened to Paul Feinbaum. You're cutting into my minute, though, now. Paul Feinbaum say they were playing against junior college teams all year. Well, that's rude. I mean, you have a lot of people who are underrating Clemson. I think you could argue they're the best team in the playoff. Agreed. Okay, so I think Burrow, back onto my minute, uh, might be the biggest landslide ever. You look at guys who had notable landslide wins, Charlie Ward, Ricky Williams, Desmond Howard, Troy Smith, OJ Simpson, Jameis Winston, Mariota. It's pretty interesting in that conversation That most of them didn't have like elite pro careers. Some of them had pretty good pro pro careers, Um, you know. But I think the Heisman moment for Burrow was just putting on that jersey with the EAUX on the
2: back. Agreed.
0: First guy with a Heisman moment off the field. Michael Vick. Oh yeah, the petition, right? So there's a lot of people who are saying, you know, now it's a a couple hundred thousand people, at least several hundred thousand, several hundred thousand people petitioning. Uh, that he's not a, a Pro Bowl captain this year. And my issue with that is this. I don't really, ha- like, whether you agree with him having a second chance at things or not, he has indeed paid his dues. And if you're complaining about the petition, because he's paid his dues, I think you're forgetting the fact that he was allowed, after Leavenworth, after hanging dogs, electrocuting them, drowning them, he did pay his dues, he went to Leavenworth. Uh, men have been in our league who have done much worse to human beings. Um, he, he's been given an opportunity to make millions of dollars playing the game again, he has commentated the game, but what you can't guarantee, even with paid dues from a legal, fi- a financial standpoint, giving all your money up voluntarily, paying off your bankruptcy, you can't guarantee that people like you. When you do all that stuff, you just can't guarantee it. Do I think it's atrocious? Yes. Do I think you deserve a second chance to play football? Yes. But you can't guarantee that a petition's not gonna happen. And we know how capitalism works and, corp- and the corporate world works, are we over a minute?
2: Boop, yeah, 10 seconds, over.
0: Basically, with corporations, you listen to people. And I don't know if 700000 is enough or whatever it is. That's up to the NFL to decide. This is how it works. We love cancel culture. If people want to cancel Michael Vick, you can't make them like him.
2: I think, yeah, I think rehabilitation, especially in regard to our screwy prison system, needs to be acknowledged. Yes. Maybe not celebrated. No. But acknowledged. Absolutely. Now, that said, paying dues doesn't entitle you to likability. Yes, and that's the point here. Right. Another point, the Pro Bowl uh, is stupid. It's a shit show. It need not be played. And what the hell is a Pro Bowl captain? I have no idea. Okay. The Kansas City Chiefs.
0: Oh, nice. Kansas City Chiefs defense. Now, this this might be a team that's shifting to being a little bit of a a defensive team. Uh, The past few weeks... The metrics have gone way up for them in a lot of categories. Chris Jones recently made a remark that said, uh, "You know, hey, you can count on us to be the reason we win games. And that's a big difference. You go from a team that that's your weakness historically to a team now that the offense is sputtering a little bit. Last year, Mahomes had zero games under 240 yards passing. This year, he's got like three over uh, 200. And Lamar's the new shiny object for fans. So we're over Mahomes. We had some injuries offensively. And, uh, And on defense... They're starting to play their part. They're, doing, they're picking balls off. They're creating turnovers. They're better against the run. You got Chris Jones healthy. You, you, got, you got Frank Clark, who I thought was a big addition, making plays. I think they're more equipped to win games this year. I think they're the second best team in the, in the uh, AFC. And if you took the Pats' best game statistically in a bunch of categories and put them together this year. Uh, let me just say this, though. The big question for the Chiefs is can they beat the Pats? Well, the Ravens too. Um, they beat them at home, but the Ravens are a different team now. So you wonder if they can stop them. But with the Pats, this is the best chance they have to beat the Pats and get that monkey off their back. The Pats had to play lights out offensively to go there and win last year and morph into a different team. Everything has changed for the Pats.
2: Shout out Juan Thornhill. Yeah, shout out Juan Thornhill. Richard Sherman has cast a Pro Bowl vote, apparently.
0: Shwa. Yeah, we have the tweet up there. It's uh, Sherman asking for Michael Thomas to be in the Pro Bowl, and the Pro Bowl is coming up again. I, um, listen, nowadays, yeah, and he tagged the wrong Michael Thomas, evidently. So, evidently, some dude working at a paper mill is going to the Pro Bowl. I don't well, know. If
2: it, I've, I've got a guy on my club who goes by the name Michael Thomas and wears 31 who got. Uh, boom, roasted for a touchdown to Zach Ertz on Monday night. In oh, the yeah, the end yeah. Zone in
0: oh, so, oh, so that's not a civilian. I
2: doubt it. I'll look it up now. Did he cast the vote for
0: Michael Thomas, uh, my friend from uh, the Giants, by the way, who's one of the best special teams guys in the
2: league? He's your friend. Well, yeah, I would say we're friends. Cool. Do you know where he went to school? No. Stanford.
0: Oh, yeah, Stanford.
2: Uh, yeah, that's, that's the one he tagged.
0: He, oh, okay. So then he wasn't tagging Michael Thomas, the uh, the wide receiver. Well, no, he intended to. So are we sure now?
2: Yeah. Okay, because he just got done playing the Saints, and the Saints balled out, and he tweeted that before the Giants played. He was talking about at can't guard Mike, which is a great handle. Yes, receiver for the Saints. I'm just making
0: sure because initially I was told afterwards that he tagged the wrong person. I'm figuring he tagged just a nobody. He tagged my friend Michael Thomas from the Giants, formerly the Dolphins, great special teams player. My minute resumes. Here's my thing with the Pro Bowl stuff nowadays. And I, hey, listen, I never made a Pro Bowl. I, in years when I balled out, I still didn't go. When I was snubbed, even after that year, I never asked, you know, two years snubbed. I never asked once, I never got online and said, hey, vote me the Pro Bowl. That was a lot, like that was kinda like not a cool thing to do back in the day. It's become the norm to ask and beg for Pro Bowl votes. And the problem I have with that is I'm fine with it if you deserve it, but you gotta be like one of the best in the league. And there's a lot of guys who are asking for Pro Bowl votes right now who just aren't Pro Bowlers. Now, Sherman's been awesome. He's asked for Pro Bowl votes for Buckner, who I love. He, he should have been in the Pro Bowl last year. Um, he's asked for Pro Bowl votes for other teammates, and now he's doing it for an opponent. I think Sherm is secure enough in who he is to do that, and I think Sherman's just a pretty solid guy.
2: Yeah, as a watcher of your career, yeah, do you know what I think is the coolest achievement, accomplishment thing you've ever done? Tied for the most
0: sacks of all time on a 2-14 and 14 team. Nah. Okay, I'll keep guessing.
2: Uh, don't care about the two Lombardis here. I mm-hmm. do. Great memories. Yeah, don't say man of the year. The, uh, no, I'm not okay. going to say man of the year. Thank you. And I wouldn't care about a Pro Bowl. Yeah. The coolest thing by far to me... Is that you finished tenth in the Heisman voting? And I'm not kidding you. Yeah, I did. I did do that as a college sports fan. The Heisman yeah. voting—we just talked yeah. about Joe Burrow. Yeah, is the deal. It is the deal. It and is you the got deal. votes. I got votes. Who won um, it that year? Uh, don't know. Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow.
0: Yeah, that—that's that true. I wasn't expecting to win the Heisman.
2: Can I? Well, I know, but getting I votes got, is cool.
0: How many people ever had 40 sacks in four years? and didn't make a Pro Bowl
2: in the history of the game? Um, I'll say at least one, and I'll go with one. No,
0: seven total.
2: Oh, okay. Seven since 1980. Do you know your company?
0: Uh, I did know my company. I'll go back and look at that.
2: Doesn't sound like you're bitter at all about
0: it. No, not really. I mean, like sometimes when I see people who are shitty at football being like, Pro Bowl vote, I'm like, come on, bro. Yeah. Some of us never made it, and actually we're good enough to make it
2: i'm gonna really quickly read you the 2007 heisman voting okay tim tebow won it followed by Darren mcfadden colt brennan yeah chase daniel yeah dennis dixon mm-hmm. pat white matt ryan kevin smith glenn dorsey kevin smith uh running back ucf okay and c long with one first place vote Two second place votes and 10 third place votes. Wow. Whoever gave me the first place vote, uh, I must have done something nice for them or
0: something. You want to talk bowls? Yeah, let's talk bowls real quick. Maybe we'll talk bowls more as bowl season. Yeah, I think we'll get into that Friday. We'll do a big segment on Friday. I, I, I'll ask you when you have a minute. Three bowls you're excited about and why.
2: Okay, the Independence Bowl. The walk-ons. And I don't know what walk-ons is. I purposefully didn't look it up. I kind of want to get into purposely versus purposefully at some point, too. Yeah, at the some road. point. Yeah. Uh, the Walk On's Independence Bowl is in Shreveport, Louisiana, formerly the Poulon Weed Eater Independence Bowl. Of course. The Who's One. Of course. In the 90s with your guy, Mike Rowe. Yep. And uh, it features La Tech in Miami this year. I just like the idea of the Miami, the U. The U. Beep. The U. I, I'm timed out. Yeah, going to Shreveport, Louisiana. Okay, taking their turnover train to Shreveport.
0: Yeah, I like that. I mean, that's uh, that's that's not that's not really sexy. Holiday? No. Well, I don't, I'm not going for sexy. No, I know. No, I'm saying for the, for Miami, that's probably not the sexy setting.
2: That it's low key cold in Shreveport. Correct. Tony the Tiger Sun Bowl features. <laughs> that's great. FSU in Arizona State this year. I just feel like those people, they might have never met each other, those two fan bases. Kindred spirits. But would get along in a heartbeat. Kindred spirits. Yeah. Yeah. At the Tony the Tiger Mm -hmm. Sun Bowl. Holiday Bowl is always a great game. Iowa-USC, maybe two fan bases that don't share a whole lot of interests. But yeah, two top 20 teams. Great uniforms. Great uniforms. You asked for three, those are three.
0: I remember the Holiday Bowl with uh, Darren Sproles and Terrell Suggs facing off. Yeah. Back in the day. It was it was State an all-time State. classic. Um for me it would be uh Washington Boise in the Las Vegas Bowl. Peterson who's leaving Washington. He's a very interesting guy. I read a, a like a character per, person personal personality piece. What what do they call that? A profile? Yes. Yes, I read a profile on him. Um They played Boise his old obvious stomping grounds um and lost in 15. Yep. Uh, so does he get some re- revenge on the way out? And then, I think you, you forgot to mention these bowl games.
2: I didn't forget. You gave me three. I mentioned three. No, but you
0: ne- you didn't mention the military bowl. W- what about it? I Respect the Troops, uh, UNC pandering. Temple. Okay. Um, that seems like a long time ago for UVA. The military bowl, yeah. Yeah, we got crushed. We did. By Navy. That's right. Uh, we're much different now. And we're then, much oh, different. The first responders bowl. So... I care about the first responders as well. Western Kentucky and Western Michigan. Any bowl game that that salutes the troops or the first responders, all about it. You omitted those. Let's get out of here because Hold uh, on. we've run long.
2: Hold on. Yeah, Orange Bowl. I just got to say, since we started with sixty two seventeen loss to Clemson, yeah. I'm fired up about the Orange Bowl. Oh yeah, that line is is way just too fine. high. Just fine. I think fourteen. I, I think the who's listened to. Uh, how how much they don't belong for three weeks and and go down there and win a ball game against the florida gators and the new Year's six might need some uh rebranding yeah two of those ball games on the 28th orange bowls on the 30th yeah that's a little confusing two games on new year's day a little misleading um But, but we uh this this tier bowl we've been to arguably one of them the sugar bowl in 91 it's it's cool the orange it's the orange bowl that's I'm the excited thing bro in the world. that was
0: the coolest one that we could have picked
2: yep see you there see oh we'll we'll see you there we might
0: uh we might be able to do a pod down there
2: oh that's talking neat. about sharing a house yeah you didn't know that yeah but i'm excited about it yeah whatever wherever we I mean, got leaves. the beautiful team hotel on south beach or sharing an airbnb with you and, and my kids yeah. Oh, I yeah. Did, Uncle Macon. didn't realize the kids didn't were think about that. Did you? Yeah, but way is enjoyable. Yeah. Okay. So is Luke. Don't okay. want to shortchange cool. Luke.
0: Yeah. Definitely don't. Um, that's pretty much it. We got Michael Strahan coming up this weekend on the Fishbowl. Keep an eye out for that. Keep keep watching or listening to uh, to Greenlight. Uh, I
1: am your host Chris Long, and that was Making Gunner. It was, and it still is. Y'all take care. Take care.